The following contest is scheduled for one fall! I've seen that man before, that's Randy Phil. The other one's some kind of half-man, half-monkey. It's a massive duplex and not one dragon in sight. Hello Troops, welcome back to another Snapdragon duplex. This week we're looking at Dynamite from March the 24th. Some good matches in here. It'll be fun to kick through this, so... I'm live this week, back on home ground, and Mikey Mac is stuck out in the North Sea. What are you saying, Mikey? Hello, Randy, and hello, all you beautiful, sweaty marks out there. It's Mikey Mac. I'm live, pre-recorded from the North Sea, loving life. And this week we're going to talk about Dynamite, I'm sure Randy's told you. So I'll hand the reins over to him for the first match. Alright, so kicking off the show we get Kenny Omega taking on Matt Seidel and this is that daft AEW Championship Eliminator match where if Matt Seidel wins then he gets a future title shot at Kenny Omega but I'll stop it right there before we get too excited because that is not what happens at all. The match, I thought it was a slow match to start with. Now about five minutes in, Kenny hits one of those amazing Snapdragon duplexes for then on, that's when the match became a bit of a banger. Towards the end of the match, Matt Seidel goes to hit a Meteora where he's on the top rope and he like jumps on a standing Kenny Omega with his knees. But Kenny catches him with the knees and like gives him a buckle bomb and it just looks absolutely fantastic. And by fantastic, I mean it looked as though it hurt like fuck. Matt Seidel gets a couple of close calls throughout the match. Kenny Omega hits a V-trigger on the top rope. Like, Matt Seidel was on the top rope. Kenny Omega runs and hits him with a V-trigger and then I think he goes to get him in a one-winged angel. Matt Seidel wriggles out of that and goes for a roll-up, but it's only a two-count. And all that does is piss Kenny off, hits him with another V-trigger, then a one-winged angel for the win. So no title match for you, Matt Seidel. Not anytime soon. And on the commentary, I'm not sure who it was that said it, but they said only one person is kicked out from the A. Only one person is kicked out from the One-Winged Angel and that person is not in AEW. So I don't know who it is. If they got any ideas or know who it is, let us know. So I'm guessing they're not taking into account that John Moxley kick-out using the exploding barbed wire carry-on shit. I count that. A kick-out is a kick-out. But they don't. Anyway, what are you saying, Mikey? I like the match. Yeah, this match was quite fun, I thought. Um, Kind of too flippy dudes doing flippy shit. I enjoyed the spot where Matt Seidel had Kenny in the corner and he's jumping up for a hurricanana and then Kenny kind of dodges it away and Seidel like lands on his arse on the mm. ropes and bounces off. Yeah. Uh, also there was a nice shout out to the show from Kenny Omega uh, the Snapdragon duplex yes. and your t-shirt is in the mail brother <laughs> so keep your eyes on the mail from any mail from uh, Glasgow you might see it and Kenny wins, no surprise and there's no prize at all even if fucking Matt Seidel won because that stupid situation, the stupid stipulation yeah. that they had, where he had to win to get a fucking title shot, Daft. despite beating the champion. But what can you do? He didn't win anyway, so who gives a fuck? That was a decent wee opener for the show. Then we moved on backstage, and we're interviewing with the Dark Order and John Silver, talking tactics about how he's going to, how he's going to beat Darby Allen tonight, and how he's mastered the coffin drop dodging technique, and he's got it. He knows what he's doing with this. A wee bit, wee bit of back and forward, then Dark Order leave and it's just Hangman alone with John Silver 
and Hangman pretty much just lets him know win, lose or draw, the Dark Order are still proud of you, we strong boy John. And then speaking of Hangman, we go for backstage and it is time for his squash match, more or less, with Cesar Banoni, who is a big bastard that is weird sticking him in a squash match with Adam Page. But it just lets you know that Adam Page is still in the singles run and he's just racking up those wins now. He's making his way to the top. He'll be he'll be taking on Kenny before we even know what the fuck's happened. Stay tuned for more of that later. Then we cut backstage for Lance Archer, the murder hawk, residing from fuck knows where. What we said, Mikey? Yeah, it cuts us to a Lance Archer promo uh, from what looks like the Hoodlum headquarters, but in daylight. <laughs> Actually doesn't look too bad. A wee bit Mad Max, but hey, there's Lance Archer after all. So he's kind of building here that he's going to take on Sting. Uh, so he's not after Darby like we thought he was going to be. He's not after the belt. What do you reckon about all this? Uh, I guess it's probably going to have to lead to a cinematic match again. Yeah. But are we going to get Sting in the ring? Sting in the ring live? What do you reckon? See, that's a weird one. He's saying, Lance Archer saying it's his fucking time. Time is now. He's pretty much doing a John Cena rip-off. But nah, I can't see him going up against Sting. If he's won... He's made this big fucking song and dance about how he wants the TNT belt, so I think that's where he's going. Lance Archer will be the next TNT champion. Don't know what this carry-on is with Sting. I hope this doesn't last any more than a month. I'm saying that now. I'm saying I'm dreading it. I hate it. Give me three weeks and I'll be all over this and I can't get enough of it. Although, we, we all know it'd be good to see Sting in the ring once more. So we've got a wee video segment... It's a Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. You get Thunder Rosa's reaction mm-hmm. from beating Britt Baker, and she's fucking buzzing. She's so ecstatic, and I just love that. Yeah, she's definitely going to sign with AEW, I reckon. And Britt Baker's promo afterwards, but she's—it's just amazing heel work. She's just such a dick, and I love her. She's great. Yeah, mate. It'd be fucking daft if she didn't sign with AEW, but. It must just be waiting on her contract with the NWA expiring, then she'll be free agent, AEW, that'll be that sorted. And if she does sign with AEW, it'll be good to... I don't know. I I think it'd be good to see a bit more of her and Brit fighting again. Just don't overdo it. Don't give me a week in, week out. Another big pay-per-view would be cool. And Brit Baker, she was just fucking brilliant on the microphone here with Tony S... The biggest pop goes when she said it took Mick Foley 20 years to become a hardcore legend and she'd done it in just one night. And then Britain Foley had a wee thing on Twitter, all just all banter, all good shit. It'll be good to see Mick Foley in AEW at some point. I think it'll happen before the end of this year. I don't know what his contract is with WWE, if he's got one, if he's got a Legends deal or not. But he's one of the guys that openly talks about how much of a shite deal it actually is. So I think he could end up in AEW. But Britt Baker, I don't wish she actually saying anything other than how great the match was, as she said, which she plans on next. Surely it must be the women's title. If not straight in for a title match, then a number one contenders match. They've earned it, the two of them have, but Britt Baker is the AEW roster, so she gets first fucking grabs. I so we find out who Christian Cage is going to face first. It's Frankie Kazarian. Yes. I think it's a good idea for his first match, to be honest. I mean, Frankie's a workhorse, he's a veteran. Mm-hmm. They've got TNA history. 
and it'd be a good way to get Christian back to speed, I think. Um, he's just obviously gone through a pretty grueling rumble. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. Are you excited for it? Yes. Probably are, right? You're yes. a big SCU dude. Yeah, mate, I'm excited for this match, and I am a big SCU dude, but I don't even know where it came from, because I've never really watched TNA for, like, three weeks in a row. And these guys, Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels, they only ever had maybe one or two matches in WWE, and it was like way back in the day when it was Velocity and Heat. I think that's the only times they fought in WWE. Probably wrong. But the rare occasion that I did manage to get TNA on the UK TV on some obscure Freeview terrestrial channel, somewhere in the card you had Frankie Kazarian or Christopher Daniels and they were the fun cunts to watch on the show I absolutely loved them but yeah next week it'll be Frankie Kazarian versus Christian and I think it'll be a decent match I wonder if Christian will get a tag partner down the line and Christian and the tag partner will be the one to put out Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels they'll be the ones to break up the SCU and give them that loss but before they fucking fuck off to the match Frankie says to Christian that Frankie has a match on Monday on Dark Elevation and asks Christian if he's busy on Monday. If not, he can tune in and watch it. And that's just like a blatant jab at you're not busy on Monday. You don't work Monday Night Raw. Come check out Dark Elevation. And that's just a wee fun bit for all the marks out there. MJF and bitches are here. So, Deontay Martin, sorry, Dante Martin and Varsity Blondes versus FTR and Sean Spears. The Jobbers versus The Throbbers. <laughs> so who do you reckon has the worst job killer haircut? Is it Sean Spears with his fucking bleach blonde Mohican? Or is it Brian Pillman Jr. with his bleach blonde super mullet? For me, it's got to be Sean Spears. I think Brian what? could tie up his mullet into like a rat tail or a ponytail or something nah. and look halfway presentable but there's not much you can do with a blonde Mohican other than put a fucking hat on <laughs> and you can't go to an interview with a hat on unless it's a fedora and you're interviewing for fucking Al Capone's gang in the 1930s <laughs> so yeah Outer Circle win with a Death Valley driver I'm kind of excited with the pinnacle Yeah, I am kind of excited and I do hope at least a blood and guts match what's your take? yeah Brian Pillman Jr. has definitely got the fucking worst cut of the two. I don't know what you're talking about. Fair enough, if you put a hat on fucking Sean Spears, then he looks gangster. If you put a hat on Brian Pillman Jr., he looks more like a fucking redneck. You can't fucking tie up that into a rat's tail or nothing. I'd... We'll make a bet at some point, and if you lose, you need to get that Brian Pillman haircut, and if I lose, I'll get the Sean Spears, because I don't care about that. That Sean Spears one looks fucking sweet. The match itself, I was not fucking properly tuning in for this match because it was the first time MJF and these bitches were getting a match so you were expecting them to win, you were expecting them to be another fucking jobber match and that was like, that would have been three matches we would have called in a row there but we didn't know about the fucking Hangman Adam Page squash match that wasn't advertised so you had the Kenny Omega but you were heavily expecting him to win if it was a fair match then you had Hangman Adam Page taking on Cesar Benoni in the squash. And then you had this match. And if it's the Pinnacle's first match, you'd be like, right, they're going to win. So I wasn't tuned in, but it was a good match. It was a decent match. 
the Pinnacle just done all the typical heel shit that you were expecting them to do. A bit of distraction, a bit of upper hand, a bit of the numbers game. But it wasn't a squash match that you were expecting. Anytime you see the Varsity Blondes come out, you think, oh, here's another fucking squash match. Because they've been jobbers in squash matches for like the past two or three months now. And now they've got Dante Martin in there for a six-man. Don't know where the other Martin brother is. wonder if he's alright or he's fucked or what. FTR and Sean Spears just made the Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin look so good on this match. Like, they were a... They could have got an upset victory, maybe, but... It's a weird one that the Varsity Blondes have lost so many weeks in a row. And this match... It's like they're actually growing, they're not just getting squashed harder and harder, they're learning, they're like, right, that fucked us up, we'll do this, we'll try that. It looked as though they had a half-decent chance in this match. And Dante Martin, he just looked absolutely incredible on his feet. He was doing, like, single-legged drop kicks, just flippy shit, flippy guy shit. He's a big boy, flips so slickly, so smoothly, so easily. He looks good on his feet and expect more of him. See down the line, I reckon we'll get him versus Ray Phoenix in an absolute banger of a match and you won't expect it. It'll be a, a wee throwaway match and they will put on a tremendous show. Um, Yeah, like we said, you get your heel shit in for the pinnacle. They were just looking good as a stable all round. The numbers worked for them and then Sean Spears get his... C4 Death Valley Driver for the win. The Pinnacle talk a bit of shit saying Jericho's scared. Then Tony Schiavone tries to say, well, you fucking near enough fucked him up a couple weeks ago, so they're not going to show up. And that just pissed the boys off. So he quickly backtracked there. And we want the blood and guts. Give us the blood and guts. More on MGF and bitches next week. Team Taz coming out saying that uh, Brian has apologised for being sound last week. <laughs> He's sorry for being nice. And Taz have accepted this humble apology. So, long live the roidy cunts, I guess. Yeah. Brian Cage face turn, man. Come on, just pull the fucking trigger. Needs to happen. what I want. Yeah, it was a weird one. It was just a fucking waste of my time again, but... It is, it's playing towards a Brian Cage turn maybe because just the whole time it was looking as though he was ready to cry or some shit, I don't know, but Brian Cage is leaving Team Taz and he's taking the fucking FTW belt with him and Taz is going to be pissed and he's going to sacrifice Hook and it's just going to end in tears but not Brian Cage's tears. But after all the Team Taz carry on, Things are also a bit tense over in the Nightmare Factory because QT Marshall is coming out and he is calling on Cody. Aye, QT Marshall's stuff with Cody, man. So he's calling out Cody. One of the things he said was that um, he's having to take meaningless bumps in Cody's shadow. Yeah. So that it's leading to an exhibition match next week between QT and Cody with Big Arn the Shagger as a referee. <laughs> and Cody says he's not going to hurt him. So he's really patronising about it. Total mm-hmm. cunt work. Says he'll relinquish any submission that he puts on, any figure fours, you know, any finisher that he cinches in, he's not going to hit it. Um, so, it's really arrogant heel kind of thing to say. Yeah. That if he did hit any of these, then he'd fucking kill him, basically, because he's that good. So, 
could go two ways. I'm reckoning either him and Arnand doesn't go for a screwy finish, mm-hmm. which is possible, yeah, but unlikely. Or QT kicks his cunting, which I hope <laughs> happens. Where you reckon this is going? This is just such a weird dynamic where they're trying to put across QT Marshall as the heel and that he's pissed off with the Nightmare family and all that and that he's wanting to leave. And then Cody comes out and he's just talking more trash. He's talking like the heel as well. So you've just got two absolute cunts going up against each other. But for the winner of the match, it has to be QT Marshall. He's got an open goal here. If Cody won't hold in a submission or he won't actually hit any finisher... I'm telling you all right now, go to Ladbrokes or Bet365 and put all your money on QT Marshall winning because he has to win it. Disclaimer, Snapdragon Duplex takes no responsibility if you lose all your money. But I'm still telling you to fucking bet it all because it is such an easy win for him. Anyway, QT Marshall's complaining, saying that he's doing all this extra work for Cody and Cody's getting to live the sweet life of Cody. Whilst QT Marshall's wife is sleeping alone in a big, cold, empty bed whilst QT Marshall is doing all of Cody's bitch work for him. Now, I'm just going to tell you about this QT Marshall. I'll tell you, mate. In the industry that me and Mikey work in, there's a famous guy that everybody knows about in the workplace. Some people know him as different names, but I know the guy as Winston and what Winston does is he waits until you're away to work and you're doing the graph and you're doing all the work and he rocks up to your house and he keeps the wife, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, whoever, he keeps them nice and warm and happy until you come back home safe and sound. So QT, do not feel sorry for your wife. She is well taken care of. Winston will be there making sure she's safe and sound because he is a sound cunt. I probably shouldn't say it, but... Winston is like the build of Powerhouse Hobbs. Maybe Powerhouse Hobbs is the Winston of the wrestling industry. Anytime a guy's fucking injured or out for a few months, Powerhouse Hobbs comes round and takes care of all the other stuff that you need the guy to take care of. Other than that, my money's on QT Marshall. And... I was thinking that Arn Anderson is going to turn on Cody or Arn Anderson is going to turn heel. But this is like the typical way AEW book things and they plant all these things. You're like, oh, aye, that's happening. And then they just fucking bend you over the table and make you feel like a tit because that's not what happens. But I feel like a tit. Arn Anderson's going to turn and it's going to be Arn Anderson and QT Marshall and perhaps the shittest wrestler manager duo that you ever will see on AEW this year but to get back into the action we went for one six-man tag match to another six-man tag match and it is the young bucks with brandon cutler taking on the lucha brothers and laredo kid that's the first time i've heard of this guy or seen him but he's got some good shit so take it away mikey what we're saying so the Lucha Bros and who the fuck is Laredo Kid? That's what I'm saying. Versus the Bucks and Brandon Cutler. I like that Penta came out with like a Shredder mask. You know Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? He came out yeah. with that mask and it was looking pretty scary. So we were like, if you like boxing, Deontay Wilder when he came out in the big fucking Sauron gear. <laughs> like that. I loved it man, it was cool. Uh, my boy Ray Phoenix man, I just, I've still got a hard on for him man. He makes this shit look so easy. 
Uh, I really liked the spot he did near the start with Nick Jackson. They were kind of mirroring everything that each other were doing, kipping up at the same time, all the rest of it, and it just ends with them giving each other a look and a wee nod, like, all right, mm. all right, fair play, fair play. Yeah. And they both just walk casually over to the corners for a tag. So that was cool. Don't see stuff like that very often. Um, this match was fucking loads of fun. I mean, you knew it was going to be two amazing teams and a couple of pretty good tag alongs. Uh, I can't believe that a Spanish fly actually finished a match for a yeah. change. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was a surprise. Uh, after it, you got Kenny coming out, uh, smacking our Mexican lads with a belt. Yeah. I say a belt, the belt. Um, he's doing it to show the young bucks that he loves them, but he loves them in a very angry way, obviously. Um, he says that he didn't choose AW, he chose the young bucks. Could have gone anywhere, but he chose the bucks. That's where he went, mm-hmm. and he's given them one last chance to be mates with him, and the Bucks just walk away from him. And then Kenny gets his cunt kicked in by the Lucha Bros. So we're moving into a Starfish Island versus the Young Bucks thing here. Yeah, and I wonder if Cody will join the Bucks for this, or if he's just not involved. They're keeping very separate from the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting to see where it goes. Mate, you don't fucking need a Cody, like. I'll get to that, but this match, ah, it was a good match. I just kind of zoned out again. It was one of them. It was a, it was the second six-man tag in a row. The first one was a bit more slower. This was a faster pace, but that's always what you get when the fucking mad bastard Lucha Brothers in the ring. It's always got to be fast as fuck. So fast I didn't get any spots, but I knew fine well that that fucking Spanish fly ending was going to fuck you up. Um... Ray Phoenix, how many weeks in a row has he been on TV? He must be like the... If you're going from March last year to March this year, Ray Phoenix must be up there with the most TV appearances for AEW within any given year, I think, on TV. Spanish Fly by Daredo Kid. Laredo Kid? Laredo Kid. Spanish Fly by him gets the win on Brandon Cutler. See, that's our thing. That's why you need Brandon Cutler. You don't need a Cody. You're you're talking about get Cody in on this against Kenny and the Good Brothers, Young Bucks and Cody. You don't need Cody. You've got a Brandon Cutler there, the best friends of the Young Bucks. But then again, he just got fucking beat with a Spanish fly. Maybe like the only person I've seen on TV within the past two or three years to have lost by a Spanish fly. It was a fucking sweet move, I'll give him that, it was a good one you just weren't expecting it to finish the match jeez but yeah, Kenny comes down throws his tantrum, then gets jumped by the Lucha Brothers after the, he jumped them first maybe it'll be like a 3 on 3 on 3, that could be like a cool random Wednesday night match the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega versus Death Triangle or the Lucha Brothers with Laredo Kid whenever Pac gets his finger out and decides what he's doing versus the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. That'd be a cool one. Anyway, that was some good shit. It was a good match. It was more fucking teasing what's happening with Kenny and the Young Bucks. When is this all going to blow up in somebody's face? Who's turning? When are they turning? What's happening? Nobody knows! But after this, we get a fucking Jade Cargill promo, and they're not done with Jade versus Red Velvet, not yet. Well, I'm done with it. 
they had their fucking mixed match with Shaq and Cody, and Shaq and Cody stole that match from them. They can try a singles match, but at this point, I am not interested. What are you saying, Mikey? So, Jade Cargill's going to fight Red Velvet, mm. and Jade's definitely going to win. That's all <laughs> I have to say about that. Brandy and Cody are getting a fucking copy show of Miz and Mrs. <laughs> and who gives a fuck? Definitely not me. No. I can't imagine you do. No, mate. Honestly, I can't imagine they do. Nobody fucking cares. Yeah, so Cody's got his own fucking Miz and Mrs. I don't even watch the regular Miz and Mrs. I'm not going to watch the crappy off-brand version of it that AEW are trying to do, or Cody's trying to do, or Brandy's trying to do, whoever's doing it, I'm not fucking watching it. But we're over that, and we're getting back to business backstage. We've got John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, and Eddie's got a broken something. And that isn't me forgetting what he said. AEW and Eddie Kingston has said that he has got a broken something. It's on his foot somewhere. It's on his leg. And I don't believe him at this point. If they told me a genuine broken ankle, fucked calf, then I'd be like, oh, serious. But if it's a broken something, nobody cares. He'll be back soon enough. And I've decided now that since John Moxley and Eddie Kingston are going to be fighting Gallows and Anderson, known as the Good Brothers. Moxley and Kingston are now going to be the Bad Brothers. And the Bad Brothers want to see how far the Good Brothers are willing to go with this war. It was just another shit-hot promo. John Moxley fires in a bit about how he doesn't like the Young Bucks, but he owes the Young Bucks, and he doesn't like owing people anything because that's when people want things. Fair enough. You didn't ask for the help, but you got it. They saved you a broken frickin' neck. You could have been Kurt Angle, but nah, you owe them one, get over it. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston backstage, Eddie's got a fucking broken leg, he's in a fucking stookie, and the lads are still wild, loose cannons, I'm still enjoying it man, they're still, they've got proper Brian Pillman vibes, don't they man, it's, yeah. it's class, it's class. Yep, so we had our class promo, and now we're in a... The penultimate match of the night. We've got Nyla Rose versus Ty Conte. And I think I called Ty Conte to win this match. And I did not expect that to go correct. But fuck me, it was right. It was just... This was a decent match. I wasn't expecting much for it. I thought it was just another rematch. It was going to be a wee Snyder. But it was good. Nyla Rose dominated a lot of the match. But any comeback spot or shines that Ty Conte had... She looked incredible doing them all. Both of them just looked good from start to finish. The whole bigger wrestler versus smaller wrestler thing, really well. You had your big dominating bastard and then your little fast, faster one. It was cool. And then Ty Conte hit her finisher, which was a DD tie, something like that. It looked so slick, it looked smooth. This match, even though Nyla Rose lost it doesn't look as though it hurt her any, taking the loss. It just made Ty Conte look better, if anything. Fucking Nyla Rose and Ty Conte, man. <laughs> Ty Conte went in with a hammerlock DDT. Fucking no one saw that coming. And I'm happy with that. I like a surprise. Yeah. Especially when both of us pick it and we're so confident about picking Whoa. it. And then it's wrong. So that's great. Um, Nyla and Vicky acting the cunt after the match, as you can imagine. Uh... 
Tai Conti isn't saved by the Dark Order. She's saved by Hikaru Shida with a kendo stick and a quality white suit looking okay. straight out of Tekken. Um, and then the bunny comes in. She's battering people. I guess the whole gimmick they're going for right now, the whole shtick even, is death to the Dark Order. Mm-hmm. So let's see how that gets on. Right, well, Matt Hardy came out fucking talking trash anyway and this is where I need an update right so I was speaking to a pal and he told me that apparently the US first quarter financial year is from October to December so that's how Hangman's already got all the money and that's how they're done because it was December apparently was the end of their first quarter is that the same in the fucking UK? That's fucked up Q1 is not ending in December that is mental I'm 29 years old and I need to know when my financial year is now is it the same worldwide it's fucked me up help and then we get a wee a wee bit of a taster for next week's arcade anarchy with the best friends and the wedding party so these weird kind of warring back and forth promos you've got between best friends and Kip and Miro that really really big production values on them and uh, it's so daft, right, that they're having a conversation between really obviously pre-recorded promos but it's class and I love it Yeah. and I feel like we're getting to the end of this feud and we're moving on to the Miro singles run that we both want and yes. I'm fucking here for it man can't hmm. wait yeah so I noticed during this fucking promo that Miro says he can't wait for Kip to destroy OC and he can't wait for Kip to destroy Charles because that's what Kip Sabian wanted. I think Miro's just got to walk out on him during this match. I can't wait for it to be over. I'm happy that it's got to be over. It has been a wee fun one, but it took up more time than it needed to. The thing that I... Oh, wait... If this is next week, will they have entrances or will it just be like a random start backstage? Because I want them to have entrances because the best friends in Orange Cassidy have got a new song, a copyrighted song. It's just an absolute banger. I'm not telling you what it is. If you want to know what it is, you need to tune in and go find out what it is. But it's a good fucking song. And I hope they get an entrance just so I can hear this song. And we will find out on Wednesday for Arcade Anarchy. Now it's main event time. Yeah, the main event. So it's your boy, Johnny Hungy. Yes. The wee strong boy. And (laughs) Darby Allen for the TNT belt. So Matt Hardy and all his pals, they're hanging about outside the ring from the start. So first things first, I was like, oh, I already know how this is going to fucking go. (laughs) Thankfully it didn't go that way to begin with. Um... I loved when Johnny Silver, he smashed Darby through the ropes and he just fucking flung himself to the outside like yeah. a sack of tatties. He does not give one fuck about getting concussions. <laughs> we Darby Hardy. Um, Darby wins, which, I mean, we both expected. It's a shame for we Johnny Silver because I, because I know you wanted him to win, but you knew Darby was going to get it. Fucking. Uh, I really liked when he did the coffin drop to the outside on all the Dark Order. See, the, the camera what? was panned in, into the ring. It looked like he was going to hit one on... Johnny Silver, yeah, but then he did it on the outside instead. So it was that kind of, uh, kind of like a what's the word I'm looking for? Switcheroo. It's yeah. like a good old switcheroo. Right. So 
that fucking coffin drop, it was a scumbag move by Darby Allen hitting the coffin drop on the dark order on the outside because they were just there making sure Matt Hardy didn't get involved with fucking John Silver and his TNT title. They were innocent bystanders. And then here comes Darby the prick hitting a coffin drop on them because he knows John Silver was training by dodging the coffin drop. So that's why you don't put that shit on at the start of the night because Darby Allen's probably watching on a TV somewhere whilst he's training. And then he's like, oh, so... John Silver knows how to dodge my coffin drop. That's fine, I won't hit one on him then. But the rest of the cunts, they, they can't dodge it. So he's just done it to them. But yes, I liked the match. It was a good match. I think they kept saying it was a TV time remaining match. And that just put the pressure on. I was thinking that's where it's going to end. It would have been, it would have been a draw finish and it would have been a screw. But nah, it was a clean, clean win. John Silver was looking good. He looked like a wee powerhouse in the match, like a wee strong boy that he is. But to be fair, Darby Allen has just been fighting Brian Cage for the past two or three months now. And now he's fighting John Silver. John Silver is like the diet Brian Cage. Brian Cage light. So Darby was going to win it. He's prepared for this match for months. John Silver's been preparing for a week. Give him another three or four months down the line and we could have another. That that could go the other way. But towards the end of the match, John Silver went for a power bomb on Darby Allen. But Darby does a code red where it's like John Silver has him up for the power bomb. Darby Allen goes up over his head, hits like a sunset flip, puts it into a pin, gets the win. So no coffin drop on John Silver. He done his training well, but he didn't defend against a code red. He was just trying to pay a wee bit of tribute to Brody Lee with a big bastard and power bomb, but Darby Allen fucked up that plan for him. John Silver sitting defeated in the corner, Sting and Darby approach him. Signs of mutual respect there. All all happy families, all singing, all dancing. But we've not had Ulster match wrestling, and now it's time for Mikey's favourite spot of the night. Then Matt Hardy had the honours this week of starting our weekly Ulster Mash wrestling and he came out, kicked in Derby and then we get a fucking, we just get a huge Stramash, Dark Order here, mm. Matt Hardy Enterprises there. Do you know who wasn't there mate? Who? Luther. <laughs> Where's Luther? Where is Luther? I mean, I was enjoying this show and it was an alright dynamite. There's some highlights, there's some lowlights, you know what I mean? The biggest highlight for me, uh, Lucha Bros tag match, I thought it was great with the Bucks. Yeah. And the main event, Darby versus your boy, John Silver, I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And the obvious low points was, where the fuck is Luther? <laughs> I'm running out of content here, lads, bring me the content. Yeah, it was just one of them, isn't it? It's a couple of weeks off a of revolution now. You're needing to build back up your stories and that. It's just, it was a quiet week. I wasn't overly thrilled with it, but this week coming, I am buzzing. And that is just mainly because of Arcade Anarchy, Arcade Mayhem, whatever the fuck it's called. Give me Kip and his singles run. Give me Orange Cassidy and Best Friends' new theme tune. As well as that, next week we have Hikaru Shida and Tai Conte versus Bunny and Nyla Rose with the Matt Hardy crew and Vicky Guerrero in their corner. Got Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers 
versus the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. That is just going to be fast action, sweet, sweet match coming up there. Then we have a Cody versus QT Marshall with an Arn Anderson special guest. And finally, Christian versus Frankie Kazarian. Um, low key buzzing for that match. You think Christian would win? Yeah, Christian's got to win it. He's got to win it. First match in. I'll just cry myself to sleep whenever Frankie loses. I'll get over it. We'll deal with it. That's for next week. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mikey, for letting us know all your thoughts and opinions on this week. Anybody else that's got thoughts and opinions, reach out to us. Well, thanks very much, Randy, putting this together, doing all the editing and everything. Uh, thanks to everyone listening. You're all beautiful, sweaty marks and some of your glorious shaggers. Uh, <laughs> take care. Take it easy. I'll be home in a couple of weeks. And next week you'll be getting me pre-recorded again, but I remember my microphone's I'm sounding a bit better now. Yes. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Take care. So, once again, thanks everyone. Don't forget to go check us out. Check out the link tree slash Snapdragon Duplex. Get us on Twitter, at Dragon Duplex. At Instagram, at Snapdragon Duplex. On the podcast places, at all your podcasting places. Leave us reviews. Fucking hit us with comments, tag us in any shit you want. Give us grief, tell us we're stupid, tell us we're right. Let us know. What do you, the people, want? Anyway, thanks for joining us. Take care and see you soon.